0: This is the Church Security Made Simple podcast, giving leaders practical solutions to help make your community safer. I'm your host, Simon Osimo, and I'm on a mission to keep his churches safe. Now, it's been over 10 years since the Lord called me into security ministry, and as a national church safety practitioner, supporting churches across the country, I'll share my expertise to give you simple solutions to keep your church safe. If you're ready to make your church security simple come join me and let's dive into this week's episode as we learn how to plan prepare and protect our ministries well welcome to another episode of the church security made simple podcast i'm so glad that you are here joining me and if this is your first time A big welcome. My name is Simon Osimo and I am your host. Now, today we're going to be discussing four ways to prepare for a safe holiday season. Now, depending on the time you're listening to this podcast, we are around three weeks away from the Christmas season. And it's still plenty of opportunity to really review, discuss, revise our security plans. So I'm going to be going through four ways to prepare for a holiday season but before we get into that i just want to remind you about our new active shooter course that we released a couple of weeks ago Now, this is a video-based training to help you understand the signs of violence the pathway to violence the mental illness and how these active shooters get to the point where they walk inside your church and want to take human life so we're going to give you everything about pre-incident and then we give you some tips and some tools best practice as to how to stay safe what to do in those first five to six minutes to survive that shooter. so i'd love for you to check out that course now the first thing i want to share with you about the holiday season and some of these might seem common sense these could be things that you're already doing but take them as a refresher if they are and the number one is prepare for medical emergencies. Now, we are at the holiday season. We are a place of mass gathering. And believe it or not, a couple of weeks ago, I was at a church. And when I asked them where their AED was. I was actually doing an assessment of the church. And someone made the comment that, well, yes, they knew where the AED was, but they didn't know how the machine worked. And I said to that person, please, please, please take it off the wall. These modern AEDs. You know, you turn a button on, it tells you where to stick the labels, it tells you everything to do. But I said, please familiarise yourself with that AED because the time to learn how it works is not when someone's collapsed and had a heart attack, is not when someone stopped breathing. So medical emergencies are something that we should plan and be prepared for, knowing that we are going to become a place of mass gathering. Now here's something else that we can still do in the time that we have left before holiday season is refresh certifications. Now, if you are a security leader, I'm sure you're maintaining training records of your staff, your volunteers, and those on your safety team. Go to their records and find out when does Simon's CPR certification, when did it expire? Is it still valid? And we really want to find that again, but time to find out When someone's CPR certification has sort of gone out of date, if you like, is not when someone's died of a heart attack and Simon's been doing CPR and then someone's potentially threatening to sue the church and you realise that Simon wasn't qualified in the first place. And yes, we have these good Samaritan laws, however, it's starting to get messy, it's getting ugly and all these questions are being asked. How are you running your safety program? The time to ask is before. So go to your records, check that everyone is certified in CPR and everyone is up to date with their training. The next thing that we really want to do Knowing that medicals are mostly one of the key things that we, we have around sort of place of mass gathering. Yes, there's active shooter threats. Yes, there's other things that can, can go on. But medicals are really our day-to-day stuff. It's also check your coverage. So it's in my church will have multiple services on Christmas Eve. Christmas Day, there may even be a service check your coverage if you're someone that relies on uh, medical practitioners within your church community doctors uh, registered nurses whatever it may look like check their availability and make sure yes simon might come every every sunday at the nine o'clock service is that going to be different during the holiday season so reach out to those people on your medical team find their availability so you have a good understanding as to who is going to be around If there's people on your safety team, again, it's still the same question, really, making sure you know who is trained, who has the skills, what days are they going to be there, because medical emergencies are most likely. Now, the second thing that we have is preparing for disruptions. Now, this is a question that I get throughout the year. But it becomes more relevant around the holiday season. So preparing for disruptions at this time of year, there are people that have lost loved ones. There are people that have gone through divorces. There are people that have had financial troubles. There are people that are in abusive relationships and often at the holiday time, we see those people come into church and they hear these messages of positivity. They hear how the Lord is our saviour. They they hear how, um, you know, we need to walk like Jesus, all these positive things. But their life might not be there right now. They are in a time of brokenness. And it can cause those people sometimes to challenge the sermon, to challenge the pastor, to, to challenge everything about the church just because they're not in a good position. So here's my question for you. Knowing that the type of people with mental illness, human brokenness, they could be angry surrounding their circumstances and looking for someone to blame, and that person's God right now, or that person's Jesus, whoever it is, or that person is your pastor who's delivering a positive message. Ask yourself this question. If there is a church disruption... What is your response going to be? Are you going to ask the person to leave? Are you going to physically remove them from the building? Or are you going to wait it out? Now, a lot of churches say, well, we're going to wait this out, Simon. But however, trying to unpack a year's worth of hurt and pain, trying to unpack 10, 15, 20 years of mental illness, That is not going to happen in a two to three minute conversation. So when churches do say to me, well, Simon, we're going to let the pastor have this conversation. They're going to counsel them. I often say, is that pastor truly going to be able to get to the bottom of that mental illness in a two or three minute conversation with hundreds of people behind watching? Highly unlikely. So really think about for those church disruptions. What is your response going to be? Ask them to leave? What does that look like? Physically remove them from the church? What does that look like? Wait it out? Wouldn't recommend it, but that it is an option. So not only think about preparing for this disruption, but also once you really come to your conclusions or you know your answers to those questions... Make sure all your staff and volunteers know what's going to happen because there's nothing worse than there being a disruption and everyone's looking around thinking, well, is Dave going to interject? Is Simon going to? Are we going to wait here? What are we going to do? So really educate your staff. It is probable that people are going to be coming to your place of worship in hurt, in pain. That could lead to someone disrupting the service. Think about what does it look like and communicate what that plan is to staff and any volunteers that might need to know. So if it does happen, people aren't looking around thinking, well, what's going to go on here? Now, the third thing I want to discuss about how to improve our safety during the holiday season is for our communication training. Now, I go to many churches where I go to the children's ministry and there's always a radio plugged in. And I turn the radio on and I hand it to someone in children's ministry and say, can you call someone on security? And you know what they say? I don't know security's number. I don't know how to use the radio or they don't feel confident to talk into the radio. So at this busy holiday season, please, please, please find those volunteers that use radios. Make sure that they have a radio in their area. They feel confident to turn it on. They know the channel and they feel confident to press that button and say, Simon to Dave, I need your assistance here. Because, again, like always, the time to really practice on radio is not when there is emergency, is not when there is a crisis and you need to take action. And the next thing that I would say is most often, again, this relates around children's ministry. When I go to churches, most often I will find a phone within the children's ministry area. But again, it's making sure that staff and volunteers, because around the holiday season is a time when we have an increase of volunteers, that they know if you dial nine one one, do you need to dial a nine before? Do you need to dial a one? Where is there a landline phone in case I ever need to use one? So really think about what does that look like and make sure that volunteers understand where your landlines are and how they need to call nine one one. And the fourth way to review our security during this holiday season is to look at our child custody programs, our child custody processes. Now, often this is a time around the holiday season where churches have an influx of volunteers. I'm not going to talk about background checks or background screening. I did in a previous video. I'm going to drop the link to you so you can watch that video. But I want to talk about child custody. So it's really making sure but at this time when we have new volunteers is that we really reinforce the rules. So again, in training, volunteers in that area they need to know who can collect a child and who can't. The holiday season, this is not a time to be slack on procedures. Now, a church contacted me only last week and told me this that a dad dropped a child off into the children's ministry and the mum collected a child. The mum was not legally allowed to do that. But the reason why it occurred. Someone said, well, yeah, this is, this is Sandra here. This is her son. She doesn't have the ticket and let that go. No, no, no. Do not slack on your procedures. Make sure if you are getting new volunteers into your programs that you educate them on what needs to occur. That who can drop a child off, who can collect the child, um, any ticketing process that you have in between. But it's really important that these volunteers know your procedure. Again, I'm not going to talk about background check-in volunteers right now. I've got that in a previous video, which I'll drop the link to. But child custody is crucial around the holiday season, making sure you understand. This is also the time to ask church leaders, are there any issues? Are there any child custody issues that you know about? Are there any non-contact orders? Are there any children that we're watching because there could be some physical abuse, emotional abuse? Really take time to ask leaders and say, as we come up to this busy time where I've got new volunteers in and around children, what does it look like? Is there anything that you know that I need to pass on to my safety team, to volunteers, to make sure that children are kept safe? So that is number four, child custody. Now, I hope this short episode has helped you this holiday season. I want to recap them really quick. Now, number one was preparing for medicals, making sure people are trained, making sure they know where the AEDs are, making sure that you are ready for that, most likely. Number two was about preparing for church disruptions. How are you going to remove the person? Who is going to remove the person? Are you going to let the person wait it out and talk to the pastor? Whatever it looks like, you have to make a decision. And then secondly, communicating that to your church volunteers, and staff, and making sure they know what the policy is, what your procedure is around disruptions, and they know how to take action. And then number three was about communication training, making sure people know how to use the radios, how to call out an emergency for 911. Do we call a nine? Do we call a one? Can we just call straight away 911 for an online? What does that look like? And then number four was around child custody, making sure that. Your staff and volunteers have been trained. Whoever drops a child off is the person that collects the child. And then your procedures are in the middle. Again, around background screening is in a video, which I will link below. Now, I hope that this has blessed you and helped you in some way. I pray that you have a safe holiday season and I shall see you in our next episode. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Church Security Made Simple podcast. If you're looking for training on how to keep you and your church community safe, or if you're interested in working with me on my five-week group coaching program, please head over to worshipsecurity.org. And if you've enjoyed this podcast episode, don't forget to rate and review wherever you are listening. Now, I'll be back with you on the next episode. But until then, stay safe, have a blessed day, and remember... Always plan, prepare and protect your ministry.